0: let uh-huh.
1: I'm pushing through. I am Tate Frazier. And as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And BJ, you just finally made it back to Los Angeles. You're home. You're healthy. You're safe. You're happy. These are all good things. And I'm excited to talk about some basketball with you.
0: Yeah, it is. And uh, I had a little road trip here with uh, my oldest. So it was good to bond and, and, and hang out a little bit. And you saw the heartland of America we, which uh, you know
1: <laughs> which is very entertaining to hear you uh, break down so I, I, yes, I appreciate that <laughs> it is very entertaining but we're gonna move right along
0: <laughs> yeah. and get ready I think to what the we basketball. should do
1: is you and you and I will sit down and we'll script out what that was like for you and we, we got to pitch that to, to somebody Tyler Perry uh, you know like the Oprah Winfrey Network that should be like a TV movie um, you you and your son traveling across this country uh, and witnessing it some of the things really you should be
0: (laughs) (laughs) It really i don't
1: think it works in the audio medium you know what i mean but if we just showed images of the heartland we probably and your reaction to it we we, probably would have a really good show
0: that's a show that's a show (laughs) in and of itself we're going to pitch that idea for sure right out here we got that
1: we got that we got to get gary owen in that movie We'll, we'll have a great time with that we'll get we'll get that all together um bj let's talk about basketball news the big news of I guess the past week, you know, I mean, everything now is kind of in this dead period, but Rajon Rondo uh, decides to re-sign with the Los Angeles Lakers gets bought out from Memphis um, and then is headed back to the place where he helped win a championship. You and I throughout the bubble run, we kept talking about how important Rondo was, how, how you know, he, his presence on this team allowed LeBron to be the full version of LeBron. So what were your thoughts when you saw Rondo sign back with the Lakers? And, uh, you know, what, what was the first takeaway? And because in my opinion, this is a great move for the Lakers. I think it makes a lot of sense. And Rondo is obviously a great guy to have in the locker room.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree that Rondo is a great pickup for the Lakers, especially you know that he was bought out and how they are yeah. acquiring him. So what a great pickup for the Lakers. I think it's a good move. However, you know there are a lot of combinations that they're going to have to figure out. No, yes. I was just it's, going, it's, yeah, How is this going? It's a lot of
1: moving parts on this roster. There's a lot of people that need playing time. There's a lot of people that have to figure out what their specific role may be, whether it be Mello or a guy like a Kent Bazemore or like a Rondo who comes in. Like who who is that backup? Who runs that second unit? You know, it, it, defining the roles of the Lakers will be very interesting throughout the year. We'll obviously talk about that as it, as it plays out. But that is, I think, the big question mark, right? As we yes. look forward,
0: yes, a, a lot of like it's a lot of moving parts. I'm not sure. When you look at it, my initial thoughts is I don't know. I don't know if it fits. Maybe it fits. Mm. These are all very accomplished players. You got Melo, you have Russell, you have uh, Rondo, LeBron, AD, Gasol, Mm. you you know, uh, Dwight Howard. They are are very accomplished. Now, when you look at the team, how is this going to fit together? Mm -hmm. And to me, that will be. You know that's going to require moving this team, coaching this team, very with very delicate hands. Mm -hmm. You know there's going to have to be a a, a balance here because you know this team is this is a new team, and even though this is a new team, there are a lot of expectations. But with that, you could obviously you could say this team is built to pursue a championship. Yes. They have a championship roster. They have a championship caliber roster. Now, let's see if it fits. I'm not sure how it fits. It doesn't seem like, you know, the pieces all fit. But who knows? Maybe it does fit. But I like the players. I like the players that they've acquired. The combinations to me are going to be crazy. Yes. And I think... There's a world in which the Lakers could start five Hall of Fame players.
1: You know what I mean? That is whether it be Mello, Dwight, Rondo, LeBron. I mean, you know, you, you go down the list. I mean, and Anthony. I mean, you have. There you go. Those those are five Hall of Fame players on one team. Absolutely.
0: So we'll see. I I think Coach Volko. You know, Coach I do Volko, not envy his position. No, if, Coach if Volko I, if I'm is going to have honest. to make some tough decisions here. Yes, and at at some point he's going to have had to. You know, he's going to have to. You know, dwindle this thing down to a eight man rotation and then someone's not going to be playing or getting the touches or what have you. So I yep. think it's going to a lot of conversations are going to have to be had. Clearly LeBron and 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 AD will be the the cornerstones of it and everyone else is going to have to fill around that and kind of figure out how they're going to play, how they're going to contribute, but more importantly, how they're going to work their talents into this team.
1: Yeah, and how does a guy like a Kendrick Nunn fit into this team? How does a guy like Malik Monk fit into this team because they don't have the cachet of these other guys, but they may have the talent, so to speak, to to fill in and be a part of that eight-man rotation. And then what does the fallout look like when Kendrick Nunn is playing over Rondo? Is that okay? You know what I mean? That, that's what we're talking about, combinations and variations that work. The the big story, I think, when I look at the Lakers is how much would they miss Jason Kidd? Because Jason Kidd is a guy who is – I call him the LeBron Whisperer. You know what I mean? I think he was very important to LeBron – you know, be- becoming the LeBron that we know now as far as, you know, the the player that he is, the IQ, the understanding of the team, the bench, all that sort of stuff. Also, you lose Jared Dudley, who goes to Jason Kidd's staff with the Mavericks. So you lose like a bench coach that you had over there as well. So th- th- even though we're bringing familiar faces back, it's still a different construction of this team overall, especially from the staff standpoint, because I do think Jason Kidd and maybe Rondo can be kind of that role, you know, for them having this, you know, uh, high IQ guy that, that is a point guard who sees the game in a very peculiar, specific, you know, intelligent way. But I do I do worry about that. I do worry about LeBron not having a guy like Jason Kidd or Jared Dudley that he can confide in and help be a bench coach at, at some level. So th- these are all things that are all different wrinkles that make the Lakers not necessarily what we saw in 2020. And that feels sort of what the narrative is right now. Everyone's saying they're running it back. And I, I'm not sure that's the case.
0: Well, the, thing, the first test I'm looking for with this Laker team is the following. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when they hit their first speed bump? Yep. Okay. Are they going to shake things up? Because clearly they have a roster. It's a deep roster. And if they lose two, three, four games in a row, or they lose four out of five or something, are they going to stay the course? Or is this going to be... A roster where a guy is gonna say, "Hey, we lost. Now it's my turn." Mm-hmm. Like a
1: Mark Gasol, Dwight Howard situation. Like yeah. if Dwight Howard is on the second unit, Mark is at the first unit. You know, they, they, you know, who knows? What, because what
0: l- like. last year I thought was interesting. Mark Gasol wasn't playing, and then Montrez Harrell didn't play at the end of the season, and he was their yep. biggest signing in the off season, six mm-hmm. man of the year. Mm-hmm. So you have the six man of the year now can't even get into a game. So I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen when they hit their first speed bump. Mm-hmm. To be, that will be the indication on how good this team will be not how many games they win, but how many game, what's going to happen when they lose because who is going to you know keep the ship on course? I you know I had a coach who used to always tell me, "Don't tell me how rough it is out there in the ocean. just bring the ship in. <laughs> <laughs> He would yeah. always say that, and he said that's the true test. So for this team, because we're not we're not talking about talent. If they're healthy and they're you know with this talent, they should be able to compete for an NBA championship. But what's going to happen when they hit their first speed bump? What's going mm-hmm. to happen? Mm-hmm. And that to me is going to be the indication of the leadership of this group. Now you talked yeah. about Jason Kidd. <laughs> you talked about uh, Jared Dudley. I think those guys provided great. You know, leadership behind the scenes, and someone's going to have to pick up that, pick up those pieces. Pick up, you know, especially and-
1: kid. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are maligned about Jason Kidd, but I, I do think he is a basketball savant at some oh, level. You and he, can't quit. Jason, Jason
0: Kidd is he's he's terrific. Jason, Jason yeah. Kidd is he's excellent. He's terrific. He's to the point what he does, and you know, I know. It's been and a he's lot not of-
1: afraid to tell you the truth, hey, which hey. is something that you and I always talk about on this show. Sometimes you, you need to hear. You have the to truth. have truth tellers.
0: But yep. you know it's a different. But we also live in a different era, Tate. Mm-hmm. Okay, we live in a different era, and you know Jason Kidd grew up in a, in that era where people just told you that's the one thing I always appreciated about the NBA. There was no sugar coating mm-hmm. anything, and I was very yeah, it was fortunate. straight up. Yeah, and it, all the
1: players know, like you said. I mean, it's not like you can hide it. Yeah, all the players now it's know a what's different. going
0: on. But back then, when I came in the league, you know, if you couldn't make a shot, there was no. Well, we're going to work on your game. <laughs> you yeah. can't make a shot.
1: You're out the league. You're out the league.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, was exactly. It wasn't like, you know, now this yeah. player there's development. There's no figuring
1: it out. There's no potential that we're talking about. It's just you can't shoot. You, you, Goodbye.
0: You know, Tate, there's three <laughs> types of shooters. Yep. Those who create shots, those who make open shots, and those who can't shoot. Mm. Now, you better figure out which one you are real soon. Yep. There was no coach ever in my career Say and you a,
1: can you had the you can miss shots if you can create shots. You know what I mean? That that's the Because you're playing the, with the, the shot clock,
0: right? You just yeah. got to get up a shot. Now, you know, I gotta work on my game and I gotta develop <laughs> and I gotta work on a step back. No, you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's funny about watching the game. Why are all these guys like everybody is working on their hesitation and step back? Yeah. Well, somebody's gotta pass the ball. Like I'm looking for the guy <laughs> to put up a video of him passing the ball. How about that?
1: Yeah, thumbs
0: out, chest pass. How about the guy you know <laughs> setting a screen? Someone's got to set a screen because every yeah. player is working on his game. That, scoring that to the me basket. is Draymond
1: Green's greatest skill set. I, I like to think that Draymond practices setting screens. You know what I mean? I think he has to at
0: this point. You know, just someone, every everyone that I see on the videos, they're the they're the main score. I'm like, y- yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. <laughs> If there's more than thirty guys working on his in and out, I'm like, okay, something's not right here. Yeah,
1: I I it's funny. I was watching uh Harry Giles, who I I love Harry. I've known him since he was in high school. He played for Keith Gatlin, uh you know, the famous yeah. Maryland guard. Yeah. He played with Lynn Bias and uh you know, I love Harry, but Harry the other day he put up a video and it's him doing in and outs like, you know, stepping back from 30 feet in threes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just responded to him. I was like, you know, hey.
0: is, is that the shot? Was like, is that the shot I, we're going like, to take? Harry, you played with <laughs> you played with Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah. You're not taking date that's Damian lillard's shot Damian yeah. lillard's shot you should be working on how to get this guy over little
1: turnarounds and like baseline little turnarounds you know, you, what you mean? know short it, corner little shots you, you know, know that know, rasheed it, it, wallace it, it, paul millsap yeah it,
0: it reminds me it reminds me of you know when when back in the day back yeah. in the day you know because you know your, your 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 star players were the star players and everyone knew mm. that the star players all right imagine this tape the job of the coach was to get the star player the ball where he could best operate. Yes. Clearly, everyone today is a star player. That's why they're all working on there. <laughs> but but in our day, the star players was the star players, and then we tried to figure out how to complement and work around that. Yeah, and and that I think is why someone
1: like a PJ Tucker it is such a great story right because pj you know we went overseas at first you know and then pj comes back pj right. kind of carves out who he is as a player, he is not going to be our leading scorer. He is not going to be hitting thirty-foot uh, step-back threes in front of anybody. He's gonna take the corner threes that he knows he's comfortable with, and he's going to body up on defense. And, yeah, and, and that is an identity as a player, you know. And I mean, and that's something that you can speak to, and you say, "This is who I am. This is what I do." And we we talk about the identity of the teams, but I mean, a lot of players, you know, their identity has always been, "I am the star. I am the, well, yeah. I'm the best player on my AAU team. I'm the best player on my college team." And that transition is obviously tough. But if you embrace that transition and you do figure out who you are and you know who you are, you have a chance of having a 10-year, 12-year, 15-year, 20-year career. It would
0: seem that that would be the case. But clearly, you and I don't know (laughs) what we're talking about. That's good. But if the star player is going to get the touches as he should or she should, then the other players have to figure out how to work around that. But the one thing that... All of the role players knew was if the star player was a little bit too selfish one night and maybe looked you off just a little bit too much, the role players knew how to mess up the star players because we would all just start setting screens and -hmm. you set a good screen. So if you really are so, like if I was playing in today's game, even at my size, I would just be the best screener I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Especially
1: in, in the world where every team just runs screen, every and roll team in the runs switch. <laughs> yeah. Every
0: team runs switch. Right, everybody's yeah. going to switch, and no one fights over a screen. Mm-hmm. But if you Not the regular set, if you yeah. set a good screen. That player more times than not, not slipper screen like you see all the time now. Everyone wants to slip the screen now. Everyone everyone's slipping before they even set it. Yeah, you're you know like, this they're one foot to the it. slip. I saw a guy I was watching the game once and I saw a guy slipping. and it was no one over there guarding the other guy. He just slipped. Like But if you set a good screen, you will get the t- ball more times than not.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, like guard the inbounder. You know what I mean? Like the the inbounder is going to be open usually because he doesn't get picked up after he makes the first pass. I would be the best screener in
0: the history of the NBA if I played in today's game. I would, I, 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 that would be the first thing I would do. If, if you, I mean, look at the
1: MVP, Nikola Jokic. I mean, one of his greatest skills is setting screens and being able to read where the open landing is. I'm going to tell you who's an excellent
0: screener, though. Excellent is Rudy Gobert. I don't know what the percentages are, but he really. He screens every single time. Mm-hmm. I, I would be fascinated to see. I, I'm sure there's some stat. I, you know, yeah, the my, analytics guys, the they analytics, got yeah, we'll, like I We'll, we'll call the, the
1: Spurs. They got him. I,
0: I, who is the best screener, <laughs> the most productive screener in the NBA? It's got to be Rudy Gobert. I have no idea. Yeah. Just, well,
1: I mean, he, even in the NBA game, I would agree with. But FIBA, it's no question. Oh, I mean, yeah, he, he's unstoppable yeah, in FIBA. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just just getting, just setting screens. So. so all you guys out there who are working on your – Working on your step back and the one leg fadeaway. I, I understand why KD does that. I understand yeah. why, you know, Luca does that. But mm-hmm. the other guys, no, you should be doing loose ball drills. Yeah. Like, yeah, out drills. Someone's got to rebound mm-hmm. the ball. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone's only shooting. You know, if you shoot over now 30% from three, that's good. So that means 70% of the time the ball is going to be missed.
1: Yeah. And what what if you're a big man and you decide that you're just going to, you know, kind of live at the free throw line and you're working on contact, like going up for layups with contact. And then you're also trying to make sure you shoot over 80 percent from the foul line. That makes you unique. And then you have a chance to play even more. Tate, don't tell anybody.
0: Just, just <laughs> don't tell anybody.
1: Who would have thought that could that could really help? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, I just want to talk about some of the contenders uh, as we move into the season. Then I want to ask you about Earl the Pearl's new school, and then we'll get out of here. But is there any team? You mentioned Rudy Gobert. I think the Utah Jazz are fascinating. We've talked about a bunch of teams having their chips in. Um, you know, the the Lakers obviously have their chips fully in. The Nets do. The Bucks do. The Heat do. I mean, we can, we can go through the round robin, but is there any team that you're really specifically looking forward to uh, to see if they maybe have – because I think the Jazz are interesting. Like They were the number one seed in the Western Conference last year. They, they played this pace, pace and space style. They take a lot of threes, like 30 threes a game. But now they come into this season knowing that's not necessarily the the championship recipe. And do they pivot? Do do they change the way and the style that they play at some level? Yeah. Because that's one of the teams I think of when I think of contenders. That if they do change, if they do use Rudy Gobert in a certain type of way, and 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 you know make some adjustments to play championship level basketball, quote unquote, I I think they could be a real contender. Is there any team like that that sticks out
0: to you that you're fascinated to watch? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated this year to watch the Golden State Warriors. That's a great one. Yeah. I'm really fascinated with this team this year, and here's why. The last
1: time that they started a season for the people at home without Kevin Durant on the roster, they started the season 21-0, the best right. in professional sports history. <laughs> you and, know what I mean? And then, granted, that was a 73-win season. It was a, an amazing story. But they come off that championship in 2015 and win
0: 21 straight games. Right. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to watch this team because clearly they're getting Klay Thompson back. That's yes. going to raise the expectations. Steph Curry is yep. coming off arguably statistically MVP probably one, level of his, season. Yeah, one of his yeah. best statistical years. They have an Olympian, former All-Star, former Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond Green. Yep. They have Mr. Wiseman, who you know I love, right? I'm a fan of right? as well. I'm a huge fan. A
1: true big, a guy that you need true, to true win. true big. Yeah.
0: Huge of potential. Wiggins. Who- Wiggins has developed since he's gotten a goal. You have to give him credit for Wiggins that. Wiggins has stepped in. And now everyone's talking about they're back. Yeah. Now, when you look at them on paper, based on what they've done, these guys are, you know, they went to what to five state, five straight NBA finals. Yep. So they have a championship pedigree. But I'm interested to see if they still have it.
1: Mm-hmm. Me too.
0: And if they don't have it, are they going to pivot to these younger guys?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what is that going to do to the makeup of their team?
1: And, and what does that mean for the the, the, the future the, of Steph, Steph Curry, of Draymond the, 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 Green, the, 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 of Clay Thompson? Yes, because if, like you said, if they make that pivot to say, "Hey, we're moving we're towards James, James Wiseman, Wiseman and these young guys," the right. then those those guys are huge assets for championship-contending teams to try to poach, like a Philadelphia 76ers or you know Miami Heat, one of these teams that's trying to get over the hump. They they say, "Hey." Clay Thompson might be available. Hey, Draymond Green might be
0: available. Hey,
1: God forbid Stephen Curry
0: might be available. So I think That's it's gonna be I think it's gonna be interesting to watch them because people, you know, look, the optimism is in the air. Clay's back. Mm-hmm. We're back. Yeah, the splash is back. But I think everyone else has improved, especially playing against that style. That type of basketball that style of yep. basketball. And teams have improved. But I think the players now are the, – the gap was here before, and I think now it's a level playing field with playing against small ball. And we'll see. We'll see how it works. But I, I'm really interested and I'm fascinated to watch this team because of the expectations, because they are a team where everyone's saying, we're back now. We're all yeah. healthy. And, and thank goodness they're all healthy. I mean, Clay Thompson has had two significant injuries – And he's missed, what, the last two years since the NBA finals. So hopefully he'll get back sometime here soon. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll start at the beginning of the season, but he should be back sometime during the season, hopefully. And hopefully he's playing and and giving glimpses or showing glimpses of himself, of him old self, because that's what you want to see.
1: Yeah, and I remember Joe Lacob in 2016 when he had that. I think it was a New York Times profile, and he said that the the Warriors were "quote unquote" light years ahead of the rest of the NBA. Um, and and I think you you summed it up perfectly. I mean, they may have been at that time, and the way that they played was so different, especially when Draymond was coming in at the five and Bogut was coming out, and but they still had a traditional big like Bogut, so they they could play both sides of the equation. They were "quote unquote" light years ahead because they were they had two of the most special shooters we've ever seen. But now, when the Jazz play that way, uh, you know maybe even at more pace than they did, and take more threes right. than they did, it, it's just a different world that we're living in, and yes. it's going to be fascinating to see if it still works, if it still hits the same way that it did, and if it doesn't, and they're a six, seven, eight seed in the play-in range, then it could be a pivot, and, and I think that's well, you that's know, a major six, seven,
0: eight seed is a very realistic thing for this team. Yes, I mean, let's we have to call it like we see it here. They did not get into the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. They lose to the Lakers, and if I remember correctly, they lost to Memphis. Memphis for yeah, the, the plan for the plan. So this isn't Memphis is not going away. <laughs> They're trying to get better too. I mean, yeah. if the Warriors don't make the play, let's say the Warriors don't make the playoffs this year, they, they have some real decisions to make, and the league, the Western Conference, the Lakers. Okay, maybe not so much the Clippers this year because Kawhi will probably miss Denver, Dallas, mm. Utah. There are some really good teams. Some really, really good teams, you know? And so I'm not sure what to really think about yeah. this Golden State team. I'm not really sure. I respect this team, I respect what they've done, but every year is a new year. And. Every year that you get older, it gets tougher. Mm. Every year you get older, it gets tougher, and you know. And, and I never like to see a player get hurt, but those are two significant injuries coming back from Clay for yeah. Clay, and you just don't know how the body will respond especially when you think about
1: just the way that clay plays which yes. is a lot of running yeah. around a lot of trying to find uh, you know that split second of space so he can get a shot up I mean same with Steph Curry but those guys it, it does it's a wear and tear on your body and you're doing a lot of cutting you're doing a lot of stop and starts you do I mean it, it is a, a, a lot to to exert in a, in a basketball game to play at his full potential. But we also know that Clay doesn't need more than five dribbles in a game to put up 40 points. So, I mean, if he does get that space, and it could happen with someone like Wiseman, who's big enough to, to give him some of that freedom of space, and maybe Clay's trying to create more off the dribble himself. Who knows? Who knows what it looks like? But like you said, we we have a lot to figure out before yeah, we can yeah, just pencil yeah. in and say, yes. this is going to be the Splash Brothers of 2016, because that's not a guarantee. It's not a, and it's also a guarantee. unfair to Clay to, to expect him to do that. Right. I
0: mean, I, I, it, he, no, if he could just show me glimpses this year, I'm taking that. Okay. good. You know, know, just like KD, like, you know, KD this year, you know, was a phenomenon Yeah, yeah, to to come off an Achilles
1: and play that way. It's it's unbelievable. But he he showed you
0: to, and then, you know, he began. You could see he got more and more comfortable as a year ago. And that to me is, you know, that that's that's what you're looking for. So let's hope that Clay is able to mimic that return and these guys are coming back from these injuries you know it you know back in back in you know 20 years ago 30 years ago guys weren't really coming back from those type of injuries now they're coming ACL, back ACL yeah. any oh, any of that stuff it, now it was guys junk. are coming it, back so it, yeah. science has really improved and clearly the the rehab process more importantly, you can see the confidence that these guys have and their training is uh, significantly improved you know from 20 30 years ago
1: I mean, and it's changed just from like, I remember you know, talking to Greg Oden when he tore his ACL, he gets micro fracture sh- surgery on his knee, you know, and that's, that's not what they do anymore. And just from 2007, 2008 up to the difference between then and 2012, even when, you know, Russell Westbrook starts getting injured I mean Derek's in that I mean just the difference between those years as we move forward into today's time when you tear an ACL like Jamal Murray for example he tears his ACL and everyone goes all right well he'll be out for 10 months and then he'll be back and he'll be the same guy and and it's not necessarily a guarantee but that's almost how we operate nowadays which is pretty fascinating
0: yeah that that really is so I I um We'll see. I, I I'm really I love looking Cl- forward. Cl-
1: Clay Clay is one of the most likable. If you've ever been around, well, Clay, you gotta like I mean, Clay. You, you yeah, gotta exactly. like. I mean, come on, Clay. He's he's a stone cold killer, and he's also hilarious. How he's, could you not
0: like he, a guy? He loves basketball. I mean, come on.
1: Yes. Like. And his dad's the best, too. Michael Thompson's the yeah, best. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just like, uh, it's a great basketball family. I know, family. that's I mean, what that makes me. But did you talk about the Currys like you the Thompson that, that family?
0: that, me feel really old. I, I played against <laughs> his dad, you know? <laughs>
1: oh, he's my favorite Twitter follow. Yeah, I love he, Michael he, Thompson. He's pretty he's funny. Best. He's pretty funny on social media. <laughs> he's a funny guy. Uh, one more thing, BJ, before we get out of here. Earl the Pearl Monroe, um, Winston-Salem State uh, a legend uh, in North Carolina. Legend. Also Le- a New York a basketball living, legend. Living yes. legend. He has decided that he is going to uh, create and launch. It was announced on August 30th the first basketball specialized high school in the country, uh, the Earl Monroe New Renaissance Basketball School. It is uh, basically a school focused on developing basketball skills. It's going to be in New York City. It is Earl DePearl's school, um, the, the first of its kind. Uh, you know, this is something that people have talked about. You know, they said some of these prep schools are are basically factories. You know, basketball schools, quote unquote. Oak Hill has been one of those over the years that have been called a basketball factory, but you look at this team or you look at Earl, the Pearl, and you look at this school and this ideology, BJ, are you excited? Because you and I talk about passing the game down and, and, and continuing to talk about the game and, and giving that, you know, information, you know, to the next generation. And now Earl, the Pearl is going to be a guy that's going to create a school for that. So uh, I find that, I find that great. I, I think that's good for basketball. And it's also a new phenomenon in the world of high school sports and, I feel like every year we have different wrinkles to throw into that. Well,
0: it's very interesting, you know, just listening to it when I first heard about it. It's a everyone specializes in something. Yes. You know, this is not
1: the day of Hubie Brown when he would coach the baseball team and the basketball team and the players would play three different sports in a season. This is now by the time you're in eighth grade, you have to pick a sport and you have to specialize in that sport if you want to play at the next level. That that seems to be how it is nowadays.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm fascinated to see what the curriculum is. I'm fascinated to see how this works. There's so many options for these young kids. I don't know the message that we're sending them. And you know, I just I just hope that, you know, that the idea, you know, the the, the idea of playing professional sports to me as a kid seems so far removed. Yeah. That I couldn't imagine my parents under what circumstances, as you were talking, as a parent now, like telling my dad, hey, dad, I'm going to play in the NBA. He might have hit me. You know what I mean? Like just the mm-hmm. just the thought. You know, he'd be like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like they, what, what are you talking, talking about? Talking about things that aren't reality. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like it's okay to have a, an idea, but he would be like, no, let's get your education. Let's be the most well-rounded individual you can be. Because the, the ball always stops bouncing at some point. The ball the, the ball is going to stop bouncing. The late Will Robinson, he gave me the, the greatest piece of advice. He, he brought me in. He said, he gave me a basketball, I put it in my hands. He said, now who is that guy? He's like, I'm going to tell you what that guy looks like. That guy is worth millions of dollars. He could dribble the ball. He could put that ball in the basket. Good-looking guy. Da-da-da. I I felt good about myself. (laughs) He took that ball out of my hands. He said, now, who is that guy? He said, as a coach, that's the guy that I see. Mm -hmm. Who is that guy? Because you're going to be that guy a whole lot longer than the guy that's playing in the NBA. Yep. At some point here, we have to look at those people and say, "Who is this guy?" It's great to want to play sports. It's great. Yep. I love. I, I I've loved every opportunity to play sport. It was a dream come true. What's the odds though? And when he said that guy, he said that he said now the only thing. That's going to help that guy is his education. So you better make sure that that guy is not standing up there by himself. Yeah. And he walked out of the room. That's real. And I never felt so alone than than that moment because I realized how much of my identity as a young kid was tied to that ball. Mm Mm-hmm. It's okay to, to listen to play. And if you get an opportunity to be one of those 400 or so that play, Hey, that's fabulous, but you better figure out how that person with that ball, not in his hands is going to operate and function. You better have a way to think about the world and how you're going to interact in it. And that moment stuck with me, he stuck with me then it sticks with me now. And when I see kids, even in what I'm doing today, it's great to get the new contract and get the the new sneaker deal. That's yeah. fabulous. And everyone's telling you that's all oh, great. And you and you do it with your videos. But at 30 years old, Tate, everyone has to make a decision. And it's tough. It's tough out here. And that's the part of the world, Tate, that no one talks about. Like for all of these kids who make it. There's millions and millions and millions of these kids who don't make it.
1: Yeah. It's and, a very Disney fairy tale yeah, to, yeah. to and, the and NBA we, journey. We put you know our I mean? and
0: we and we we love to tell about the number the one. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the number one pick in the draft and his story and how he overcame the odds. That's a fabulous story. That's yeah. one person. Mm-hmm. That's one. There's a, there's and think, only gonna be- and like you said, think about how there's at
1: least a million that thought he was gonna be the number one pick that year.
0: Tate. That's one person. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's story, they, they're wishing that that story was their story. We have to, at some point, get back to, okay, this is what it is. And to become a well-rounded individual. And you know, Tate, I wish as a kid, I could have had, I was, with, I was at the friend's house Who who's an owner of a, let's just say a professional team, and and listen to this conversation. As a kid, I just wanted to have an opportunity to play in the NBA, Mm -hmm. as all my friends, as a lot of young people, and for whatever known reason or whatever, I made it. I have no idea. I you know there was a lot of BJ Armstrongs that wanted to play. But life takes its turn. And for whatever reason, I made it. I'm sitting and having dinner with a friend and nice and relaxed. This is years ago. His son comes into the room and we start talking about sports. And he says, Tate, someday, Dad, I want to own a team just like you. And I Mm. just stopped. Because that idea never entered into my head. At that age, couldn't have been older than 15, 16 at the time. To see this kid now become an owner in professional sports. I've always kept that in the back of my head of like passing on that knowledge to my kids to say, it's OK to want to play. But Tate, if you really want to like ball, <laughs> If you really want to understand what this business is really all about, why not own it? Mm. Why not work in the business part of sports? If there's something that I would love to open up is to help young people understand this business. Because there's way more opportunities to make a whole lot more money in the business of sports than actually just being a player. Playing the game. Yeah.
1: Playing the game is the the short, you know, that's the short-term Take, there's goal. There's a right? lot
0: yeah. of business opportunities in professional sports. Someone's oh, got to build okay. these yep. new arenas. Yep. Someone's got to make these uniforms. Someone's got to make the merchandise that all of you all are... You know, your favorite player, Someone's selling and making that merchandise, you know, those cool sneakers, someone's making and selling those sneakers, someone's mm-hmm. designing those sneakers, someone's designing the, 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 the how these arenas look, someone's mm-hmm. operating the arena so that you can have a family experience, someone's catering the food, someone's collecting that $100 parking that go in the parking lot. Someone is building the seats. Someone's building the atrium. Someone's selling the suites. Someone's mm-hmm. marketing so that you and I can have a podcast to talk someone's about the doing,
1: game. Someone's doing marketing deals with Google, Google. and whoever else or for the name rights of the
0: stadium. Yeah, exactly. The business opportunities of professional sports is a global phenomenon. mmm And if there's one thing that I wish I could really touch on to help young people, young people, men, women, I don't care where you're from, is to understand this business, this trillion dollar business that we're operating in. Because Mm -hmm. the fantasy of just playing is so short lived. Okay, it's so short lived. That I don't think we're really seeing the real picture because, yeah. Tate, you have there's, – there's so much opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's so much business. There's so much that can be done in sports. And with this network now that we have social media and the internet and all of these things, it's continuing to grow. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Streaming, it's global now. It's global, especially in basketball. Mm -hmm. So, I salute Earl Monroe for what he's doing. Right, wanting to expand, but if we truly want to touch the people in our community and the people who are interested, I think a helping these young people to understand this business because there's one thing that you see the mistake of all of these young people, they're coming into this sport world and no one tells them about the business that they're walking into. Yeah. that's If there's one thing that I can tell you as an agent, they're incredible players, but no one's taking the time and there's no place for them to learn the business that they're walking into because you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. I don't even call this professional sports anymore. It's some type of hybrid of sports entertainment entertainment, business and it's all at the crossroad and we throw these kids out there and we just basically say good luck to them yeah we say we see if they can swim yeah and some of them make it some of them don't but no there's no place for them to learn the business that they're walking into there's no place for these young people to learn so okay you're a great basketball player but you don't understand the business yeah it won't work
1: It won't work, and I also think that you know, as much as every generation. I mean, I have literally Michael Jordan's logo on my shirt, right? I mean, all these kids coming up, they want to wear Jordan brand shoes. They they want to you know celebrate the the ideology of Michael Jordan. I think the one thing that more young kids should really focus on is the fact that you know he did the Wizards deal because it was an ownership stake, and now he's a majority owner of an NBA franchise and and any, and granted he was the greatest basketball player that we've seen in the modern era. So it it does have something to do with that, obviously, but he goes from a a kid in, in rural Wilmington that, you know, they they didn't have much. He was, he was, you know, dribbling on a dirt court in his backyard to now he is at the table with, you know, some of the wealthiest people in the world. Right. And, and talking, talking about the business side of Michael Jordan is just as fascinating as talking about the basketball side of business
0: side. This is, you know, we could talk about him and look. It's all been documented, player so forth. Yeah, da, yeah, yeah. Okay, we get it. We yeah, get yeah. That. But when you really break it down, his business selections far outweigh what he did as a player on the court. Yeah. The 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 business of sports, we now, and I say we because the sport has matured. You're seeing more and more players beginning to at least. Grasp this idea. The business opportunities to work in professional sports is at an all-time high.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think we are now, people like myself, you know, when you said that, I thought, that's great. That's great that all these young people should improve the game. Why should we improve the game? Why? Because Earl Monroe, the pearl he left the game in a better place than when yeah. he found it.
1: And look at it now. I mean, he, he's one of the pioneers of this. Well, without know?
0: question. Because he was one of the first to, he was a phenomenal player, phenomenal entertainer, right? Mm-hmm. The pearl would come down, do his thing. Yeah. You, you were entertained. And then that contributed to the bottom line, which is the business of sports, which today mm-hmm. we just take as an everyday thing. But back then, We didn't really know because we didn't understand where this could really go. We knew it was something. So I think if we could get young people to really begin the process of stewardship of the game.
1: Yeah. We're all in this together, right? We're, I mean, that, that is pretty. Look, it, that, that is the, you know, you can take all the creeds and colors is, out of this. When we talk about teams and loyalties, like basketball, we're sure all together on this. You know,
0: when these players, I love it when the players get drafted because they're like, oh, I got drafted by this team. Oh, I got drafted by that team. Oh, I got, okay, everybody's done, that, my, me versus you. Okay. And the reason they say this is because they don't understand the business. There's one league.
1: Yep. We talked about it with Jalen Green talking about Detroit. I mean, it's one it's league. It's
0: one league. <laughs> yeah. And now it's your job and your duty to take to promote stewardship it. and promote the game and take care of the game so that the next generation will yeah. have a better league to play it. Yeah. Because it's
1: promote and protect, right? Those, those the are the great two players foundational in things.
0: this league. The great players, they all left the game better than when they found it. Yes. Dr. J, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Jerry West, Pistol Pete Maravich, Mm -hmm. they took stewardship of this game, left it in a better place so that the next generation can have a better league, a more profitable league, the the expansion of the game. When when I watch Luka Doncic, I go, wow. I, I remember I was at the forefront of that, and I saw what the 92 Olympics did. I saw with yeah. Tony Kukoc and those guys and bonus and uh, uh, Dino Raj, Petrovic, and yeah. Pet- uh, the late drives Petrovic and, 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 and uh, Divac and all of these players. Now Dirk Nowinski and Giannis and Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. Now all of these players, because those guys, when they came over here from Europe, they, they broke the seal. They got it. They they left it in a better place. So yeah. the business. I would love the business, a global school of the business of sports and how this really works.
1: Amazing. Put it in Barcelona, where the 1992 Dream a, Team. Thrives. A business
0: school. Yeah. Where it's dedicated to the business and it's mm. entertainment. Because if you are a pro- if you are a professional player today, tape. Okay. You, instead
1: of getting your MBA, you get your instead NBA. of working
0: on your game. And I tell every player that I work with this: okay, let's. Instead of just working on your game, you better understand the business you're walking into, because the business is more important than the game. Believe it or not, Tate. Here, why? Yeah. Because you only have a li- a limited window. There are there's only been one player to stretch this window as long as LeBron James. Yep. No one has stretched this window longer than him. So you better work on your business just as much and, or more than you working on your game. And, and
1: what and what has LeBron also done? He's also worked on his business. He okay. has this entertainment outlet once he gets done with basketball. And, right? then, I you, mean he, he, and then you better it. work
0: on an understanding that people are coming and paying to see you. There's a responsibility there. That's the entertainment value. Okay. And then the the end result of what this school should be teaching is how to make intelligent decisions. Mm. Tate, how to make an intelligent decision. Because Tate, where else can you profit like this in this setting, in this type of business? Yeah. Yeah i don't know what it is i don't know if it's sports i don't know if it's entertainment i don't know what it is it's some type of hybrid now of sports entertainment business all comes together but if these young people aren't thinking in those three terms the entertainment value there's a responsibility of entertainment value people are paying money whether it's on television which predominantly makes up the salaries that everyone's receiving yep so that's the entertainment You better understand the business, the responsibility that you have when you come into this league. And then you better be responsible enough and have the discipline enough is to perform when you have that opportunity to play because you don't know how long this is going to last. Those three things, Tate, will help us to do what the most important thing is, is to make intelligent decisions because, Tate, That's necessary if the game is going to be better 10 years from today by every one of us on this podcast here, on television, in the arenas, the coaches, the players, the scouts, the executives, the commissioners, all the people that work. This is one league working together in unison so Mm -hmm. that 10 years today, the league will be better. Provided yep. we all understand the business we're in, and that is the thing that concerns me more than anything. There are they are when I say they the players are already incredible, incredibly talented. Yeah, but you have to work on the business the same way you working on your game. If you don't understand what I'm saying, it won't work for you. Mm-hmm. It won't work. Everyone wants to talk about Jordan, what he did on the court. Okay, that's fine. That's great. That's great. His numbers speak for itself. But Tate, what we really should be talking about is his business. Mm -hmm. What we really should be talking about is he has such a deep understanding of the business, Tate. And I don't know the numbers because I don't get into the numbers. You know, like because it's sports, right? I want to keep it pure. Say I would be fascinated to hear, and maybe this is something we could talk about next. How many times did he actually play 82 games? Michael? Yeah, I don't know that stat. Uh, I don't well,
1: know. I, I think I think he I think he I mean he at least
0: did it eight seasons. Okay. I mean seven or eight Why? seasons. Yeah. Why did he do it? Because he understood his responsibility to the playing. Mm-hmm. He understood the business that he needed, but he understood the entertainment value which was a responsibility to the stewardship of the game of basketball of all those players that came before him and all those players that came after him. Everyone to this day is still measuring themselves to this guy because he was the first one, in my humble opinion, where his business understanding was far superior. Not the game, his business understanding was far superior than everyone else. Mm. We should talk about that. Like, we could talk about, oh, what made him so competitive? You know, all of this stuff. Okay, that's great. Look, he was. He was everything they said. But when you really break it down, Tate, he understood the business that he was in. He understood the entertainment value he was in. And Tate, he took that he was probably more dedicated to that than his than the game because he yeah. wasn't around here just shooting shots to be shooting shots there was nothing about him that wasn't cuz he had a way to think about the world like and he made intelligent decisions on and off the court like how do you make this many intelligent decisions that's not luck no, exactly. I mean,
1: he, and he, you know, we talked about it. He wore a suit to mm-hmm. his post games, I and mean, he had a. He, well, yeah. That should
0: be a class. just ask him why he wore a suit. Because I, I it, did. I wanted to know. And I,
1: well, I, and I looked it up. I mean, he played of his thirteen seasons, and one of them, so basically twelve seasons from eighty four to ninety eight. He played nine out of those seasons. He played 82 games. And then two of those seasons, he played 81. The other one was 78. And then it was the year that he broke his foot when he, when he missed. Hey, and he was still why? playing games in North but Carolina. D- 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 yeah.
0: Let's ask him why. Let's not ask him how he got a fadeaway jump shot. Let's not ask him about his jab step. Let's not ask him about how did he average 37 points per game one year and 40 points in the finals. Let's ask him about... Why did you show up every day? Yeah. Think about that. Tate, what made you show up every day?
1: What made you be better in practice than the games just to send a message to your team? Tate, I mean, and and, and,
0: and I say this and, and, and everyone thinks I'm just saying it. Tate, we did not see the best of him because as good as he was in the games, when I tell you, you can ask any player, he was that much better in practice. The greatest player we hasn't we haven't seen yet because we didn't catch him in practice. Mm-hmm. We didn't catch the guy in practice. That's where the artist or the player or whatever you want to term him. That's where he did really all his work. Why was he better in practice than the game? Why was what was made him dedicate himself to the game like that? Yeah, he exactly. had such be- an understanding of a tape of the depth of this game that he was playing, and I'm not talking about the basketball game, Yeah, that he made far superior choices and decisions. I just call it an intelligent decision-making. He was making intelligent decision-makings when no one else even knew what was going on. Yeah, people laughed him out of the room when
1: he said he was going to do a movie with the Looney Tunes. You know what I mean? Tate. Now now it's such
0: a phenomenon that they made a remake of it. He understood (laughs) this business. At yeah. a far superior level than anyone, mm-hmm. Tate, and, and we can sit it, here now. That's yeah. why it hasn't been duplicated because no one else understands what he understood.
1: Yeah. It, and it, and, it, and it is different. And I and I will you know we're gonna get out of here in a second. But I wanted to point out Giannis Antetokounmpo. The only thing I I saw that he was suing. Um, Some of these companies for using the Greek freak trademark because he had already trademarked that very savvy business move. So now he's got companies using his name image likeness. He's getting lawsuits. He's getting money back from these people that have done this. And he also, you know, you talk about practice. When I heard Drew Holiday, uh, this was after game two. They're down 0-2 in the Phoenix Sun series. They, uh, he did a press conference. And they were asking about Giannis, you know, how's he look in practice. And you know he was like he he's incredible. You know he like I, I, the, the confidence of that team just from what they had seen Giannis do in practice, right? That led them to believe that inherently they had the best player on the floor. Tate, and that I, that I, I, I it's you, the I'm, same type of messaging.
0: I'm just telling you, Tate. The world hasn't seen the best. Yeah. The world hasn't seen the best because Tate, there's more out there. Yeah. Tate, it's more out there, and I have to believe that there are other players. Who probably had the same. We just didn't see it. This one is the first one that ushered in the modern era. The best player, he is a far superior practice player than he'll ever be in the game. Michael Jordan was a, when I tell you the greatest practice player or player I've ever seen, is the games, they're all documented. Yeah. The player that you saw in the game couldn't compete with the player I saw in practice. As crazy as that sounds, Tate. Yeah. Tate. But it
1: happened with the Dream Team. I mean, you saw Magic Johnson and Larry Bird just basically being like, this guy is
0: unbelievable. When I tell you, Tate, he had had more levels. Mm -hmm. Tate, he had more levels. Tate, I saw he had more levels. This wasn't like the game's... Okay, he just went to the level that he needed to be successful. He had more levels.
1: He also could fly. I mean, uh, that's Tate, the, the man he, The man could float and fly. Tate, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. He had more levels. <laughs> Dr. J maybe, yeah.
0: I, I, I'm just telling you. Like, I, I yeah. can tell you, I'm not making it up. I'm telling you, I, 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 this isn't, a, this isn't uh, fans or – Tate, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you. you're saying you saw it, yeah. I'm telling you. I don't even like talking about it because you're like, oh, man, you just no, no. he had more levels. It, the game well, it's kind of games yeah. limited, <laughs> limited what he really could do. That's why he was better in practice.
1: Yeah. Anybody anybody that's ever actually, you know, had a, uh, you know, uh, a near death experience or like, a, uh, you know, they see a deity. Right. They have like a, they saw God or whatever it is. Most of the people that have actually had something like that, they don't like to talk about it because it's so, you know, impassioned. And so, you know, it's almost like re-conjuring re, re up that it, it takes a lot of mental energy. But like you're saying the same thing about, about Michael, you know, like the, the, trying to to recreate the, what you saw in your mind. It, it's just the, you're just like, I can't even explain it to you and you won't see, get it. I can you know? see it, you. you just try to, it. That's why I don't talk <laughs> about it. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying, like, you, like, you can't oh, talk about it because you like. I'm like,
0: man. I saw something, man. I can't even tell you. I'm still struggling to this day. To this day, to tell you what I saw. Exactly,
1: and, and that—that's what I mean. Like, you can't put yeah, into words. Like, the human brain can't really conceptualize what the was things
0: happening. he was experimenting with in practice because there weren't <laughs> yeah. any rules. You know, there were rules, yeah, but yeah. the moves Not he was Mike. experimenting yeah. with. I can't even, I, I can't even, I, I, I just like, okay, all right. You want to go grind? Oh man, I'm in the gym getting up shots. Okay, that's great. You you you, you want to go play at a pickup game? Okay, it's great. I, I saw something a little different though. But what'd yeah. you see? I have no idea what I saw. I just know <laughs> it was a little different, but it's I know what different. you're doing is not going to counter that. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, then they, oh, OG. OG. They call me the OG. You know, I'm OG. Oh, OG. You just. I call them the PGs, the progressives. You know, I call them progressive gangsters. They call me the old gangster. The OG, (laughs) I call them the PGs. PG's. (laughs) PG. That's what I call them. PG. (laughs) Yeah,
1: PG. Yeah, call them.
0: I saw something I can't see. But if you want to compete against that, you, you better change up because yeah. that...
1: It's levels. As we talked about in the show, it's levels to man, it.
0: Yeah. I saw a man experimenting doing things I know nobody should be able to do. Tate, and yeah. I'm not... Tate, he could fly. I'm No joke. I, I don't know if he could or couldn't fly. But he I'm believed gonna he this. could. That's I'm maybe gonna the difference. Tate. He believed he could fly. We had one rule. You go hard on the court and off the court, and no one violated <laughs> that rule. You go hard on the court and off the court. Yeah. Without saying too much here, Tate, no man should have been able to go this hard on the court after going that hard off the court and repeat that. And Tate, I never saw a man recover the way that man could recover.
1: Yeah. And we talk about that. Recovery is such a huge part of the game of basketball. I'm just telling you,
0: I never saw a man do the things that this man could do. And I'm going to leave it at that. They could yeah, sit playing here, at four in the I don't morning, know what he lights. was doing. <laughs> and I ain't here to say what nobody was doing because I was part of it. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, Tate, I never saw a man do what a no, the human.
1: Yeah. Hey, country strong, right? <laughs> no human should be allowed to, to do this. Well, that's what him and Larry Bird, I think, had in
0: common. You know I, I mean? don't just know, different. and I'm They're not different. here to say. I'm just telling all They're of different. the young people here that. Yeah, you can't do that. No, nah, you can't do that. Exactly. That's what I mean. No jump shot, different. no yeah. training, no trainer, no secrets should yeah. allow a human being to do what I saw. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it He, he wasn't not spending a, a million dollars I on his body. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> we know that. But I just know this <laughs> Tate, I saw a man do something I ain't never seen another man do since. Yeah. And I and, and, and when I tell you I was impressed, I've only been impressed one time. That one there, I, I, don't, even, I don't even like saying his name no more because that one there, <laughs> I'm going to leave there's the other players and it is him. Yeah, he's it's, well, and, and to wrap it back
1: up with Earl the Pearl Monroe. I mean, Earl the Pearl's nickname was Black Jesus. That's what everyone called him, yeah. and and Michael Jordan basically took over that nickname from Earl of the Pearl. You know what I mean? And and there was Skywalker before Michael Jordan. Everyone said he was Skywalker Junior. He superseded Skywalker. You know, everyone said he was Doctor J Two Point He superseded. I mean, he. He is uh, it's it's one of one as yeah, you said. There's no I, words that I, can really I, I, give the scale it to it, but it's tell one of one
0: because people go think. I hey I don't know what that was.
1: Yeah. And you and you were trying to poke holes in it. By the way, a lot of people yeah. think that you're probably just gassing him up. You no, were no, you no, were there no, no. trying to poke yeah. holes. You were trying to figure yeah. out what he actually knew. You were trying to you were trying to
0: test the man as he was doing it. Yeah, but just leave it alone. Just leave he it needed it. it. <laughs> just leave, just leave it alone, Tate. Just leave that alone, <laughs> and let's just go on to the next and talk about this huh. guy's footwork or whatever. Let's talk about that. But yeah. that went over there.
1: Just leave it alone. Just
0: leave that one. lead that one alone. Yeah, that one. That yes, he, he's the one. He's the one. Nah, well, know. this has
1: been pushing through. Uh, BJ, is there anything else before you get out of here? Because I, I got to go watch some highlights of Michael Jordan.
0: Oh man, man. well, yeah. yeah, you need to go watch some highlights. <laughs> yeah. We all need to watch. I wish I had. To, I just had, I just wish That's, I had the. That was the tape. beauty of the Last Dance, you know, for the kids. Man. I mean, that weren't like me watching him at
1: five years old. I mean, it was a nice, uh, you know, reintroduction to uh, the Michael Jordan that I know and I grew up with and watched on VHS tapes. And you know, it, it just was
0: different. Just a different time. Yeah, it was was a different time for sure. But Tate, winning water, my friend. We got to make waves. This has been pushing through. We will see you
1: later in the week, and we will talk about, you know, more basketball storylines as they come through. We'll see you then.